Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm your host, Sean Hancock. This is the podcast where we examine those moments in our lives where things didn't go where we planned. So we've had to respond in the moment off the cuff. In this episode, we're talking with David Magadoff. He stars in Showtime's highest rated series of all time, Dexter New Blood. As overly eager officer Terry Reed, his recent credits include American Crime Story, Impeachment, and reoccurring as Nikki Brooks on Apple TV Plus's Emmy-nominated and SAG award-winning The Morning Show. Let's dive in as David and I talk about fatherhood, setting good boundaries, and unexpected moments that change the course of our lives. All right, you guys, welcome back to Off the Cuff. I can't tell you how excited I am to have this guest on this show. So uh, don't. Honest, <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you. I'm not gonna <laughs> don't tell them. You can't. So then there shouldn't be an introduction. You turn. <laughs> and just let's start talking. They don't need the to guy who who doesn't. The guy who doesn't need an introduction and probably who has impacted my life more than any other human, David Magadoff, thanks for joining me. How are thanks, you, my friend? Thanks for having me, Sean. I'm yeah. great. Good. If I'm good. talking to you, that's a good thing. So that means I'm doing well. Usually <laughs> I'm not doing badly if I'm talking to you, which also might mean I have vulnerability issues with you. So we can talk about that oh, as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, David, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast is because a couple of things. One, you're, you're an actor, you're an improviser, and you're now a dad. Right. And um, I'm curious, have you noticed how things have changed for you in your, in your professional career um, with, with being a dad? Is there, any, is there any big shifts that you've noticed at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm more worried now. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't can't lie about that. You know, there's one thing when you're a bachelor and if you don't have a lot of money, then that's fine because you can get through it because you can eat top ramen or not. <laughs> and then yeah. if you have a girlfriend then you're like, Well, you know, she's got a job too, so that's okay. <laughs> right. And then that becomes your wife, you're like, Okay, well I'm responsible for her, but then you get a house and then you have this thing called a mortgage. But then now you have a kid. On a house, and now you also have a cat. So, moral of the story is, um, while the phrase "the baby brings the bread" definitely has shown its light around some areas, which is really cool, it also it's like, oh my gosh, like I am responsible for just so many more humans and and animals than I ex- ever expected to be. And right. it's only one kid. I don't even. I'm not even like a Duggar or anything, or even you with two kids. That would be. That's crazy. Why are you doing a podcast? This is the last thing you should be doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and I should be out there hustling and get making in the salt mines. But no, we're just casual on a podcast at 11 a.m. Pacific time today. So. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> no, there's a reason. Uh, there's a reason for for a podcast, and um, 
One, um, my life changed listening to a podcast. I was listening mm-hmm. to this podcast by this guy named Ed Milet, and it was a 48-minute podcast. And I applied some of the wisdom that I captured from that podcast and made my first six figures in three months because of that one podcast. Wow. You know, so, uh, so I think that if you have the ability to speak and communicate where people will, will hear you, you can fast track some of the speed bumps in life and get them places faster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, which, uh, David, I'd love to tell a story, if that's okay, w- that you impacted me, that I sure. it popped up just this last weekend. So just to frame the story, I, um, I just got back from Utah where I recorded some comedy specials. And I'm driving in this car, and I'm reflecting on my friend of mine who's, who was standing next to me uh, ends up introducing himself to his comedy special. And we're driving on the road, and he says... Sean, no one has impacted my life more than you. And you, David, popped into my head because I wouldn't be sitting having that conversation in the car ride with him had I not met David Magadoff. Because there was a moment in my life where you had you had this gig come up where you're traveling to Switzerland and then uh, and you're doing this this incredible tour, and then a gig for Disney popped up. And that was like, that was more bread kind of a deal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, um, and you had, you basically, someone asked you, the director asked you like, well, who could go in your spot? And you, you gave them two names and I happened to be the guy that got to go. And because of that, I ended up meeting my wife in Spain. And because of that, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it was the domino effect. My, my, my encounter with you was a domino effect in my life. And I'm just curious like how many people that you maybe don't even know that you've tipped the domino over in other people's lives that rewrote their life story for them. And then I, I, what I love Sean, you know, you share with me a lot and I mean that in a really great way actually, because I, I really, you know, one of the things I think that connect us is that we are, (laughs) we are thoughtful men, meaning, um, (laughs) you and I look back a lot on like some really cool moments and which I think is what's so great about this podcast because this podcast is looking back on, you know, you're talking about, you know, off the cuff and those improv moments in life where you're not, you look back on it. You're like, Oh yeah, I made the best out of something kind of weird. But in the moment, mm-hmm. like, you know, I wanted to travel and I couldn't. And so I, you know, again, it was a good, it was a good problem, but it was still a problem. And then you were able to go and that's amazing. Um, and I love that. Those are stories, you know. Those are stories worth telling. And you and I both have a real affinity to look back and be thoughtful on these stories worth telling because mm-hmm. that's what life's about. At least that's what you and I feel life's about. Sure. Not everyone feels that way, but I think enough people do, which is why television and film is so successful. Is because it's just all stories. It's all yeah. Things. But stories are when things that are different happen. Yeah. That's what makes it a story. No one's interested in. When I always tell people, like on your wedding day. I go. I hope you. I hope something bad or weird or stupid happens because you're not going to tell the story of, or you can tell this story, but no one cares if you say, yeah. "How was your wedding?" and you re- respond with, "It went great. Everyone ate well. Everyone danced well. It was a really beautiful day." No one's interested in that story, right? Yeah, they're not. They're really not. They, they they glaze their eyes over. They're smiling. They're not actually interested. 
Mm-hmm. Really, they're glad for you. It's pleasant. What they want to hear, they don't know it. You and I don't know it, but we we know it. What you want to hear is, yeah. And then like my uncle like got lost. <laughs> Like he was there and then he was gone and we didn't, we all had to like stop the wedding and look for him, which, but then we found him. You want it to end well, of course, but like, those are the things that you want or you want to be like, Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden, like some song came on the dance floor and it was just like, you know, a hundred million cuss words. And like your grandma looked at you and was like, what's going on? And it's like, Oh, you want those like record scratching moments because those are interesting. Those break up the day. You know, and I've been a part of weddings where I've been the the good reason and the bad reason for the wedding. You know, um, and that's a podcast for another day called, <laughs> called Wedding Crashers. Um, but moral of the story is you just no one's interested in how how was your morning? Oh, I had I woke up, mm-hmm. went to the bathroom, I had a bagel, and then um, I brushed my teeth and I got ready for the day. No one's no one wants to hear that. They want to hear right. something different happened. They want to hear that you got bit by a radioactive spider. You know what I mean? That's what they mm-hmm. want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, w- would you agree with like the worst moments in life are like the gateway for some of the greatest opportunities? Clearly, the, they're for stories. The greatest oppor- the greatest stories are usually the hor- the tragedies. The some of the worst things that happen sure. are the best stories. Would you also agree with they're they're also moments for uh, for greatness it depends on a few things sometimes it's a lot of times and I think you'd agree it's our perspective on them a lot of times we actually we think that it's going to be outside forces changing the way like that thing happened Uh it's their fault and now I'm I'm clearly this is the only way this story could go yeah and I think a lot of times we have more control over the direction of our lives in a good way than I think we give ourselves credit to. I think that's why there's some people out there who have our victim mindset uh-huh. and go, well, I am. This happened to me because this always happens to me. Right. Oh, well. And that's and guess how that story is going to end. Mm-hmm. Like if I got fired from a job and I'm a victim mindset, oh, well. Trust right. me, that type of a person just doesn't, get up and go. That's not the type of personality that, you know, but if you're the type of person who gets fired, like my friend the other day just got fired. There's giant Disney layoffs happening. Mm. And, um, he's a really big wig person at Disney and Mm. he was a VP in some area. I'll leave it be at that. Mm -hmm. And he got let go and he's, you know, getting paid out for the year. And that's amazing because he was a VP. He's like a good, great severance package. Sure. But he's a super charming. He's a three Enneagram three wing two, just like you, Sean. And he's like got a million contacts. And he's like, look, it sucks. I was hoping to be here for a long time. And I know a lot of people and I'm going to get on my feet and I'm going to find another cool job. Right. That's up to you, the person. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he's making that happen. Like, you know, I'll, I'll do a, a, I think this is a nice segue. You can tell me if it's not. Yeah. I'll do <laughs> into um, when I was on the morning show, the Apple show, I booked a recurring gig. And so essentially, I'm in my mind, I was going to be on that show as long as I was going to, as long as that show was going to be on. 
I was a part of the, my character was a part of, you know, the writing producer staff in the fictional world of, you know, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Jennifer Aniston's, you know, Mark Duplass's morning show. And mm-hmm. I was excited and I was very thrilled and working with these great people and mm-hmm. however many episodes in. And then my agent calls me and says, there's some good news and some bad news. The good news is you have a really great scene that you're about to do. And I said, that's awesome. He said, the bad news is your character just got fired. <laughs> it was like, oh, that really sucks. Right. And I was. I was really, really sad because I was really, really enjoying the gig. Yeah. And I was just like, I had no control over it. My brain tried to figure out if I could talk to someone and it just immediately was like, no, of course not. Like, this has been decided. I'm not you know, a producer on the show. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an actor and I got lucky to be on it. And unfortunately this is my character got fired as part of a plot line. And what can you do? Right. And that sucks. And then I even got to go back for an episode later that season where like it was a flashback and it's just weird. It's a weird vibe in a room. Cause you're just, everyone's like, I know he's gone. Everyone was cool, but it was just, you could tell it's like, we're all here and now David's gone. It's like a weird, thing you know it's just you know it's like a family member in a weird way mm-hmm. um so but everyone was cool i did it went home moved on with life and i was like right. really bummed you know yeah but then i ended up booking dexter and i would not have been able to do and it was all it was recurring it was all episodes and i would not have been able to do dexter and go to boston for six months and meet some of the greatest people and have another great experience and still connected with a lot of these people this very day and is a more high profile gig. It was a better role. It was a great experience. I got to travel and um, it was great. Yeah. More money even. And if I was on the morning show, I would not have been able to do that gig. And that gig was a better gig than the morning show gig. And you know, God's looking out for us. You know what I mean? Like there's just so many things, but if I, but now I, did I know that was coming down the pipe? No, but you just keep it. You keep a, you keep a positive spirit is the idea. You and Mm -hmm. I keep positive spirits. And I wish that upon anyone listening to this is like, keep a positive spirit. Know that, know that, you know, if you, if you feel worthy of good to come down the pipe, then good will come to you. And, be open to surprises and be open to be open to things because even when you see something or get something good, you don't know how long that will last or if it'll or something bad and it'll turn into good for you just, we just don't have the control we think we have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really empowering and charming to let yourself go on some of these things. Not that it's easy, but it is, it's the only way to go. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to drive yourself mad. So right. just be open to it. So mm-hmm. that's right. Be I thankful. love that. Be really thankful, which I'm. I've been very, very thankful. I love that. It reminds me of uh, everything's a gift if you treat it like one. Where um, and 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 I think that you and maybe actors in general have had more opportunity to practice resilience and practice like. I've got to be ready for another great opportunity to come down the pipe. Or if you get in your head about it 
it, you're the other person from that vic- victim mentality that you were talking about earlier where you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, well, oh, yeah. this is just going to, you know, it's only going to be good for a little bit. And then, you know, that kind of a thing. This is my story. Here it goes again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, I don't know. I mean, I know I can, I can speak it on this podcast because I know, I know where, you know, you and I have similar spiritual backgrounds and that. Mm-hmm. Like there are days where I'm like, God, why is this not going the way I want it to go? And I'm like, right. well, just look at every story you've ever read in the Bible and just then <laughs> shut up. Meaning just it gets reminded <laughs> like Moses did all his major work at 80 years old. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Joseph, no one, you know, he, he didn't want he didn't want to go through what he went through and get thrown into a bag and out into the desert. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, what tell me one god story where you're like they were comfortable and it all worked <laughs> out from beginning to end it's like that's just yeah. not the god that you and i know so it's like if you genuinely look at like the stories that you like the most mm-hmm. on earth today in 2023 from people that inspire you as well as actual god stories from like biblical times what story is usually like they were born they had it all going for them, and then it kept going for them. They had no struggle, and they died with everyone around them happily in peace. It's like that's just not really how it goes, and yeah. not necessarily a bad way because right. it doesn't make for an interesting story either. So it's like you don't have to have an interesting story, but I don't think you're going to have an interesting life. And I think right. we all want, we all, you know, it's nice to have your life go up and to the right as much as you can, but, Mm -hmm. but it does, it's just going to have a lot of this in the meantime. Right. Yeah. If you, if you are open to, you know, that some chapters in the book of life of your life are going to be a little funky, but like in the great story, when they hold the book of Sean Hancock and they hold the book of David Magadoff, I want it to be a bit of a page turner. Mm -hmm. And And unfortunately if it's a page turner, then, some there's ups and downs baby is going to go down (laughs) and and if we're the heroes of our stories and the hero has to have a moment or two that that's right we don't enjoy but that's right hey you know can we have the resilience you know can we like you said actors i think have a lot of resilience because they've just been through it Mm -hmm. at least um so it might you know my friend got fired it's like i'm like this is what i do all the time like every Mm -hmm. year is like what will come year right at the beginning of last year i was like looking at other i was looking to some of my friends who had corporate jobs and I was like, I might need a job. Can mm-hmm. you like help me out? Like just the beginning of the year was really quiet. And then it became through a few gigs, like my most successful year of all. So wow. you just never know. Yeah. And a day can change anything. It's really a wacky time. And I think it's uh yeah, it's like what we do with improv. It's just how we respond to it. I love that. Yeah. It's how we respond. And I hope those of you who are listening to this right now, I hope this lands well for you that (laughs) it's like God is, is after a good story. So, so just know that your story, it's not over yet for one. And it's the low points that that's actually the place to get excited because good stuff's on its way because all things happen for good in the end. If it's not, if it's not good yet, it's not the end. So, uh, even the stock market, mm-hmm. like when you're like, I, I get it, I never get too. I mean, this isn't so much, this isn't trying to, I don't get too excited when it's good and bad or it's bad, but like 
be, you know, when things go low, that's when you buy. When yeah. things are high, that's when you sell. So meaning like it's never fun to buy when things are low. But if you, I, I remember like when I first was told that I was, it, it sounded, it felt weird because you just have, you have way more want to click buying on a share of anything mm-hmm. when it's going up. But you actually, you're now buying at an all time high, not to get too financially speaking, but like that's not good because you're, it's going to probably go down soon. And then you're going to be like, man, <laughs> now it's only going down. But if you can get into the mentality of when things are dark and red and the stock is at the lowest it can be, like that's when you buy. Like, yeah. if only I could go back <laughs> to Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle had that big Ebola scare or whatever, oh, yeah. like maybe it was six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And the stock just tanked. And now it's like, this is the craziest thing you'll ever hear because mm. I think I always surprise people when I tell people this because you're like, mm. it's Chipotle, whatever, I don't know. A mm. share of Chipotle stock is $2,000. That's wild. So if you just know that it's just a moment in time that they got Ebola, that stinks. <laughs> no one wants no, or whatever it is. It might not have been Ebola. I apologize. It might, some sort <laughs> it of bad thing. Yeah. It was like maybe salmonella. salmonella just not probably. something not good. Something not good. You don't want to eat it. Whatever it yeah. was. Apology anyway, uh, in advance to, <laughs> to Chipotle. Dang it's your sponsor. <laughs> as he's scarfing down a burrito. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> is this face falling off? <laughs> even Volkswagen, right? Volkswagen was like a, like had a huge downturn as a brand. Like what was it? Three years ago, mm-hmm. like again, some car issues or whatever. And so like no one was buying Volkswagens. It's like, do you believe in the grand? That's the, and that's the thing. If you believe in the bigger story of Chipotle and the bigger story of Volkswagen, these are giant legacy brands that are <laughs> going right. to do well over time. And these yeah. are little blips. Yeah. If you were smart and it's scary, and I didn't do it because I'm not smart, I guess. But it's it's scary because it's scary to buy something when it's tanking. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's for a because you don't know if it's going to be a forever thing. Yeah. But there are people who are smart who are like Chipotle's been around for a long enough time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy tons of shares and it's going to all go up. You know, so. David. Uh, you're, you're, this is, this is brilliant stuff. I know you're talking about stuff like this is brilliant because this is very weird. (laughs) No, it's good. Really weird. Well, I'm, I'm a connector as you know, and I'm thinking about how this applies in the personal as well. Um, and I think some people, their stock is low. Like they took a hit, you know, they had a scare, you know? Yeah. And I, just a reminder to invest in yourself. Right. To, to not let yourself be like, this is where I'm, I'm bailing on my, on my own stock. Does that make sense? Like, I, like double down on you, on your family life, that kind of a thing. So, yeah. um, it's something invest that we- in your, invest, investing in yourself is a great term. Right. I think sometimes I'll, I'll sit with my therapist. I do a lot of therapy just for more talking because clearly you all know me enough now that I talk a lot. So <laughs> that just helps me process. You know, mm-hmm. there, my wife is someone who like does not need to talk it out. She just needs to think it out or write it out. Mm-hmm. But talking it out doesn't really help her. Me thinking writing doesn't help so much. Talking it out mm-hmm. is where I get all my ideas. And so I... Um, was so your therapist to gets to hear therapist. all of your great ideas. He well, <laughs> he gets to hear everything. He's like, I want to steal that, David. I want to steal that no. show concept. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, he's in his 70s, so oh, he's okay. towards the end of life. He doesn't need a, my ideas. He's 10, um, 10 years away from Moses. 
From, yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's ten years away from doing the greatest thing from delivering. That's right. Delivering people out, out of uh, slavery um, in Colorado because that's where he zooms from. So he, I was I telling him he was. I'll just say something sometimes where I'll be like, "Yeah, I have to spend money on this or that." He's like, "No, you're investing." He has to remind me that he's like, mm. "You're investing in yourself. You're investing because mm. it's true. It's yeah. just a, it's just about every great business is a great business because they invest in themselves. And if we look at ourselves as personal." businesses it's our lives yeah it's investing in our time investing in our family investing in our marriage investing you know so when i'm doing something that maybe is causing a little bit of strife or pain or whatever it is it's like no no no. it's actually an investment in myself it's an investing um and it's true it's true it's a hundred percent true and it is not just it's like when people add on to their house like you and i own houses it's like mm. if we add a bathroom on our houses is one way to look at it that we're spending what I, let's just make up a number $20,000 on building a bathroom and you can be like I just lost $20,000 or you can say I just added value to my house by spending $20,000 and it's now going to be worth an extra $50,000 right. because and on top of it I get to poo and pee when my child is pooing and peeing in a different room we all it's really luxury. win here it's luxury that's a luxury toilet that's, an <laughs> I, that's a sound bit that I think we can use. That's a luxury toilet. <laughs> uh, I think that's just the spinoff podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for you since you're talking about like family life. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I feel like I remember like before, like when I was younger in life and I needed help figuring stuff out. You seem to be the guy who is further down the road of figuring things out than any of our other friends. And if you wouldn't mind sharing like maybe a little bit of, um, uh, I, I want to say secret, maybe it's not a secret to you cause it's how you roll, but like you seem to have margin or you protected your time. Like even, um, I remember taking a trip with you to Northern California and you're like, Hey, just give me a couple of minutes. I got to get back to these emails. Like, and so you sat in a car and like the air conditioning, just getting back to whether it's your agent or whatever. And me at the time, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm here in the moment. I'm doing stuff with ever, like the emails will wait, you know, like you, you seem to protect certain moments or time. Like your cell phone doesn't even enter into a restaurant. It doesn't even go, you know what I mean? Like this is, you, you live by principles and rules. I'm just curious, um, n- now that you are a dad, has that gotten stronger? What are some of the moments that you're like, these are things I must, I must protect? I'm still figuring, thanks for all that, by the way. It's, it, it is more of a natural inclination towards things, I think. I, I didn't, maybe my mom taught me some of that stuff. Um, and just, I, I'm someone who just likes to take care of the thing in the moment, typically, mm. you know, and, and that's just each person's different, you know, uh, Myers Briggs talk, I'm a J and Enneagram <laughs> talk, I'm a two. So like, I really am, I really am like take care of what's in the moment kind of planner person. Like mm. I plan, I plan and I'm like, let's get it done. Like I, yeah. I was at my friend's house two days ago and I saw on his phone, he had his email inbox was like 1,200 emails and my brain just melted because yeah. I have all emails checked plus 
and only two of them are starred. I have two voiceover auditions that I need to do later today. And I'm like, and I'm still like biting up the bit to be like, I have to do those auditions. Like, I want to unstar those things so quick. Um, mm, <laughs> but, nice. So yeah, your inbox zero day on the daily, right? Oh, on the daily. That's my goal, but that's me, Love and that. everyone's different. And it's not. Sure. I, I don't know how to teach that. I think that literally is just mm. like not OCD. It's just I like a clean inbox. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a way to sure to teach that, but I I can't. That's just how I'm built. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I do try to turn my phone on airplane mode a lot, often. Um, I saw someone at the bottom of their email the other day that said, like a signature, he said, my hours don't have to be your hours. Like, So please, like, oh, I forgot how he wrote it. Um, but something mm. like my hours aren't your hours, like, you know, please, you know, do go about your business or whatever. And I just love, I just love sort of the permission for like, this is what I do. This could be what you do. Either right. way, this is who I am. And I don't know. I just, it felt very... I might steal it kind of thing. I have to sure. <laughs> look at it again, so the wording. <laughs> but, uh, but to answer your question a little more specifically as a dad right now, I'm still figuring that out because I've only been mm. a dad for about seven months today is when she was born. And it's wow. been, speaking of improv, we don't have to go too into it, but like it, it, it started out really difficult. She was born a month early, my daughter mm-hmm. Lucy and we had complications and she was in the NICU for 20 days and not what we expected. Definitely. We learned off the cuff, uh, but hmm. now she's doing a lot better and she's a lot Good. more stable and she's awesome and cute as a button and sleeping through the night. And now she's teething like a mm. good old fashioned normal kiddo. Um, and she's awesome. She's doing great period. Like she looks great. She is great. It took a bit to get there and I'm sure we're gonna have plenty of, stumbles along the way as all parents do but i think we got we're finally you know seeing a lot of positive which is great so i'm so now i'm finally kind of like being able to do a podcast even now and just like have some sleep i'm now Mm -hmm. starting to figure out all right because i my phone now she i have to check her on her her video you know on her crib cam and stuff so i'm using my phone a little more often so it's kind of pulling me in and distracting me more so now my current like in the moment concern slash issue slash uh troubleshoot is all right i'm using my phone a little more than i normally like and a phone is a typical time sucker time waster for me and all of us Mm -hmm. um so how do i be a dad on the phone and also have moments where I go, you know what? I'm going to turn my phone off now. There was a time where you didn't have to have your phone on for decades and decades, not that (laughs) long ago. And the kid lived Mm -hmm. (laughs) and parents were unavailable and someone was taking, one parent was taking care of them for an afternoon or whatever it was. And it's going to be okay. My phone is off. And so this is what I'm trying to figure out right now, Sean, which is how do I, set that time aside. Mm, mm-hmm. I used to always be someone who was really good about my phone was like in the other room. Like I had like a mm-hmm. old burner phone I'd use for to wake me up in the morning and my mm. actual phone was somewhere else so that I didn't I couldn't just turn over in the morning and the first thing I did was open my phone. But mm. now the kiddo is in the other room and I have my phone. That's where I have the video to check her out. So now I'm opening gotcha. the phone. Yeah. The Wordle is right there. Some messages are right there. So that's the key. So it's like mm-hmm. this is now my my current. We're hitting on it right now. This is my current. Right. Like, hmm, how do I get 
maybe the video off my phone? How do I make? Yeah. Maybe I buy a maybe I buy a little crib cam that's just its own yeah thing. And it's that's not have. on mm-hmm. my phone. Is that what yeah. you have? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's a real you know, separate church and state. I think it's yeah. hard to have I think it's great <laughs> to have everything on a phone and sure. also sometimes terrible to have everything. Totally. On a phone. Totally. Yeah. I could see where maybe you have a, a babysitter, right? And so you can have access to your phone where you're watching the kiddo. But yeah, that monitor, we had a monitor that was just you know, and that was a game changer for us. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just its own yeah. thing. It's its own separate thing, and yeah. because it's true, it's 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 because otherwise, it's I have to just be more disciplined about not opening up certain apps, and that might be it too. Maybe yeah. it's I delete some apps off my phone. Maybe it's I sign out of my email so that when I start to check my email, I already see I have to sign in, and it's creating yeah. more steps for me sometimes gives me more opportunities to be like, no, I don't need to check this right now. Cause the more steps I have to go to do something, it's literally more moments where I have to tell myself, Oh, I don't need to do this right now. So the more obstacles I can create, what it, what it, I'm just a human being who will click on anything like anyone clicks on anything. <laughs> sure. Then you just go down the rabbit hole yeah, uh, and you're all of a sudden now on YouTube watching SNL sketches for like the next <laughs> two hours. What is it like being a dad in LA where um, I remember we had friends, the Trofinos, who were who like the only people who had kids. And now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it, it, has, it, has it changed? I mean, do you notice anything different? I know it's only been seven months, but just curious. You're saying, do I have more friends with kids or less friends with kids? Yeah. I know when I had kids... It, I didn't realize it till maybe a year later, but I was like, all of my single friends were almost <laughs> entirely gone. Yeah, just because. Uh, well, I we we were. I feel like some of the last to have kids, so we only have two proper couple friends who don't have kids. Gotcha. Maybe three. So like now you're proper. you're entering into the fold of like, oh, yeah, everyone's, like, everyone's, everyone's like, finally, you guys had kids. <laughs> so, but it's fun now because now we're and what's great. You know, I didn't mind hanging around my friends' kids, but I am much more, I'm sure you feel the same. I am much more open to hanging out with other friends yeah, and kids by you, having a kid. If something yeah. opens up inside of you where you're like, oh yeah, kids are cool because now you have a kid. It's just, it, it's cool that way. And I appreciate that because I also don't love hanging around my friends with their kids. And I'm just like, well, I'm just sort of making do. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't really enjoy them a ton, but I don't mind being there. I but a part of me always wished I would enjoy. I wish I would as I would enjoy being a bit of an uncle a little bit more. But now having mm. my own kid, I'm actually more inclined to like mess around and play with their kids because I have a kid and I'm in the. I'm right. In the, it kind of is giving me the tools to be like, oh, I have like dad tools now. So it's right. like I get I get it, and it's it's nice because <laughs> the reality is almost all my friends have kids. So hey, that was, this works out, you know. Have you noticed that um, the concept of or your idea of success has changed over the years being a dad to where um, where it's now? And you kind of mentioned this at the very beginning, but it's this idea of like, what does it look like to be a successful father and husband and a brilliant actor such as yourself? Like, have you has your idea of success at all changed or has it just become more robust? Thank you for the compliments. Um, I'm figuring that out. 
I'm, I'm in it right now. I don't think, again, we, we've sort of been in a survivalist mentality for a while and I still mm. think we're getting out of it right now. Um, gotcha. we're not fully there yet. Like we're, yeah. we're crawling out and it's, it's nice to see the world and everyone seems okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm but, in Idaho where, you know, people are just, you know, <laughs> it's the wild west. No, it's not the wild west. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's very different. Um, yeah, your football turf is blue. It's crazy, right? It's, crazy. it's wild. It's wild. Oh, I, I love Boise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I so I'm st- I'm now trying to figure out. Yeah, what does that look like to be like a good dad, husband, a good mm. um, six, you know, a good father. You know, right now it's been I've been so father focused and just taking care of her mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, can I start working on like career stuff again? And I have been doing stuff like I finally made a, a, a VO reel and got a commercial a voiceover agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been super fun. And I'm going out for some like really awesome, fun VO projects. And I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And it's great. And I have a little like, booth I kind of made in my house. And I've, I'm laying down stuff for video games and animation and commercials. And it's mm-hmm. like, cool, this is like a different mm-hmm. actor uh, yeah. muscle I haven't used. And it's helping out a lot of other things too. And it's great. Uh and so that's been fun, but yeah, it's all, I'm, I, I think that's like check in with me in a year and then hopefully once <laughs> I have, right now I feel like I'm barely on the training wheels still of what this dad thing yeah. is that I'm still, I don't really have that set yet. I feel like yeah. I have to start asking you for your advice of like, <laughs> you know, sure. you already have two under the belt, you know, and it does change, right? Yeah. Like for you, may I, may I ask the same for you? Like what? Did it, was there a moment for you that you were like, okay, yeah, I feel this dad rhythm. And yeah. I feel like I can get the dad rhythm into my career rhythm. When did that happen for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it came right after, not too long after my son was born. I was in, I'd gotten myself in like the best shape of my life and uh, mentally focused. And then, and then, um, uh, what's interesting is like my daughter came in a whole other rhythm happened. Um, but as far as like my, my definition of success, what ended up happening for me is if it wasn't at first it was faith and then family and then it was the other things. And it's kind of like that. There's a scripture that says, seek first the kingdom and, and his righteousness and all the, all like everything else will follow. So for me, it was like alignment, putting first things first. And I realized that I was hungry for something else. There was moments where I was like, I wanted my name on the, in lights or whatever. What's wild is since my alignment changed, doors opened up for me faster than I could have ever uh, tried to conjure myself. So I think that's really it. Talking about kind of wrapping all of this up with the idea of story. Um, we, might want to try to write our own story, but there's something about connecting to the greatest storyteller of all time, uh, the creator of the universe that allows, if you invite him into your life, uh, I believe that God basically ends up saying, now let's write something together and don't worry about the potholes. Don't worry about the rough moments. Cause I make, I make the crooked path straight. And I have a plan for you. And even though it's tough or it's difficult, hey, it's not going to be easy, but you're going to get strong and people are going to learn from you. And those are going to be the parts of the story that people are going to connect to the most. 100%. 100%. 
we are meeting so many parents now who have been through sort of the ringer like we did and had a like a premature child and mm. any needs or high needs at moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're more interested in sitting down with them. Sarah and I are actively looking for families and friends mm. who have had yeah. a preemie mm. and because they have stories that we can connect with. Right. Yeah. It's more helpful for us and interesting to us to hear their gone through it and getting out of it in a beautiful way stories versus us talking to our friends who did not have a preemie and it's just, it's just a different story. And so it's like, that's why we seek out those stories, you know? Yeah. Um, and we're thankful for that they exist because if we didn't have those people to seek out then, you know, when we wouldn't be able to do it. Can I also share one uh, thing? Cause this, I know there's a lot of improv. Yeah. There was one show I once saw. I wanted to share this. There's just no segue. So I'm just, I'm just throwing it in there. There was a show I once saw an improv show where a piece, it was like a really beautiful show. It was at the night, one of the nicest theaters I've ever seen improv done at in Santa Monica here in Los Angeles. And it was like a holiday special and they were, had a set and it was about like this sort of improvised holiday musical variety show. Like Mm -hmm. you would see Bing Crosby do. Nice. And it was really well done. You would have really enjoyed it, Sean. It was like a really beautiful show. And, a piece of the set fell down on one of the actors on stage. Oh, wow. And she was okay, but it was a scary moment. Yeah. And they actually had to like take her off for a second. She came back and she was fine. But all of them kept going. And they even found some actor found a hard hat in the back and put it on and was like, oh, this is what we're all wearing now tonight. He's like the butler in the show. And they all made a joke and they and they mm-hmm. used it and they said everything's falling apart. Mm-hmm. This is they made it, this is mm-hmm. the last show. So they wow. made it into the best part of the show. Yeah. Because they were smart and they didn't just run away from it. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. now the, everyone really laughed and really got into it because all the actors yes anded yeah. that the set was falling apart and they made it be like, oh no, this must be the Every this whole house is falling apart. This is the last show we're doing, and they really yes ended that moment. And it was such a it was that's the only thing I remember. It was a perfectly fine show otherwise, right. but that was a easily the highlight and is a life lesson for me to this day. Not only when mm. I do my improv shows, but also just life, where it's like we could let the we could let a piece of the set fall on us and ruin our day, or this could be the very thing. That is the most memorable right. part of our life, and I, I really just—I really thought they handled it so well, and it was very inspiring. I love that, David. Thank you for sharing that 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 story, and uh, thank you for being on on the podcast with me. I could go on and on with you, um, and I'm, we're we're gonna have to connect again. Yeah, we'll do it again. I love it. I know where you and, live. <laughs> you do. It's true. So for those of you who are, who are watching again, David, thank you so much. David Magadoff, check him out. This guy is, is there anything, is there any place that people can follow you besides Instagram that you want to, uh, yeah, just go to my, my, it's just my name at Instagram, D A V I D M A G I D O F F. Love it. And I do live shows in Los Angeles. If you want to come check them out, they're free. And of course, um, televisions and 
<laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Oh, so good to have you. And just remember, when life seems to be falling all around you, that if you call it out and step into it, you might just have lived a story that will affect everyone who hears you. So, right on. Thanks, David. We'll see you next time. Bye, Sean. See you, buddy. Thank you.